Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, and those of you with nothing better to do with an internet connection, Paul Johnson and Shane Hofer are proud to present the Total Stickcast. Buckle up and enjoy the unscripted, unadulterated neurosis. Welcome to the Total Stickcast. My name's Paul Johnson. I'm a freelance writer, author, vlogger, and creator of all kinds of other things. You can head on over to everythingpaul.net to get an eye full of all of that. And my co-host this week from our fellow TSN podcast, Sex It Up, it's Ryan Blair. Hey, it's just me again. Oh, wonderful. Uh, but you know us already. You've heard from both of us plenty now. Uh, in fact, this week we're joined by a very special guest. I'm a big fan of his program. It's a podcast, Charlie Brown. And he's also the author of In the Saint Nick of Time, as well as host of Atari Bites. It's William Pepper. Hey, everybody. Hello there, Bill. I'm uh, happy to be on the show. Great, great. So you can go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself, if you'd like. Uh, well, man, you said everything already. Um, I host a podcast called uh, It's uh, Podcast Charlie Brown a monthly exploration of all things Peanuts. Uh, I also host another podcast weekly called Atari Bytes, uh, in which I uh, write about uh, write little stories about Atari games each and every week. And I am a writer also. I wrote a book called In the Saint Nick of Time. It's the holiday season, so I'm uh, annoying people with that this time of year as well. <laughs> Great. About 8.15. <laughs> Sorry, my uh, my kid just wandered in. I don't know if you could hear that or yeah, not. Yeah, I heard a little but, voice uh, in the background. That's why I didn't say anything too quick. Yeah. Okay. No, sorry about that. Mom told me to tell you. I also Are you good to go? Okay. Sorry, I'm back. You're a be- okay. you're, nope, I'm good. We're back. You're a better parent than I. I always duct tape the kids to the kitchen chairs when I start recording. <laughs> well, I, I threatened them all, but, uh, but apparently it didn't stick. Uh, for this one. But that's all right. <laughs> the, so. the threats or the duct tape didn't stick? The <laughs> <laughs> I ran out of duct tape yesterday, so I had to go with the threats today. Oh, okay. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> all right. Well, I came across you via your Peanuts podcast, which we've mentioned now. Um, so, I, I mean, I don't think it's, it's unfair or bizarre to say that that's kind of a niche topic um, to tackle. So I guess one of the first things I want to know is kind of how Peanuts affected you and how you came about doing, doing a podcast all about it. Um, well, I mean, you kind of hit it uh, on the head there. It is a niche topic. I, it, Peanuts has always been a thing for me, like, like a lot of people. I was a kid. I read the Peanuts comic strips. I watched the TV shows every holiday, uh, at holiday time. Um, as an adult, I started doing the Atari podcast first, and then uh, just as a, a fan of Peanuts, I started looking around for a, a podcast to listen to uh, about Peanuts, and uh, I quickly realized there really wasn't one. Um, there were a lot of podcasts that would maybe devote an episode to uh, a Charlie Brown Christmas. That's the one everyone knows. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there really weren't uh, there really weren't any podcasts doing a deep dive into this this iconic area of, of popular culture. Everybody knows Peanuts, whether you're a casual fan or, or a serious uh, uh, serious nerd over it. Um, so I wanted to listen to a podcast like that, and nobody was doing it. So I thought, all right, well, I'll do it then. Uh, and so it's a podcast, Charlie Brown Was Born. <laughs> That's awesome. I think a lot of really good things come out of wanting to see something and then just creating it because, well, nobody else has done it yet. That's how we get new and awesome things. Yeah. Well, I try. You know, yeah. Every month, so. Yeah. That's and, and just to, to, to pipe in here myself here, um, what, uh, like, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a little older than Paul, and so I, I grew up with, with Peanuts as well, and, and, you know, during the holiday seasons, the, um, the great pumpkin and, and everything is iconic and, and what have you, but um, what, what sorts of things in your podcasts are you touching on? Um, well, I like to tell the listeners that if it has anything to do with Peanuts, I'll talk about it. Having said that, um, each episode for now uh, deal, focuses mainly on the, the TV specials, uh, and there are a lot of them, I've discovered, some that I had even forgotten existed. So a, a typical episode, they come out monthly, uh, a typical episode, uh, I'll start with any Peanuts news, uh, if there is any, if there's something going on. Uh, that that's current. I'll talk about that. Um, 
I'll do, I do the random strip of the month. Paul knows about the random strip of the month. Uh, he, uh, he submitted one last month. I invite listeners to uh, send me a little audio uh, talking about their favorite comic strip. Uh, so I'll do that. Uh, and then I'll usually do two of the half-hour TV specials um, or a movie. Uh, like uh, this month I did, um, I, I did a Peanuts by Schultz. Or, uh, special. Those are little seven-minute episodes. I talked about that. I talked about the Charlie Brown and Snoopy show, which was a Saturday morning cartoon show back in the 80s. Uh, actually, this month was a little different. I had an interview. Uh, you'll hear, I guess, uh, as we're recording, the episode hasn't come out yet. But when the November episode comes out, uh, you'll hear an interview with a guy named Jason Youngbluth who wrote a book, uh, a graphic novel, uh, reimagining the Peanuts characters as adults. Uh, and I do that occasionally, too. I'll have uh, someone who's written about the Peanuts characters uh come on the show and talk about that but right now mostly it's the tv specials mm-hmm. that would be really neat to uh to have a, a strip or even um even you know like a recurring uh cartoon um you know for the for, i mean adults like cartoons let's be honest um and uh yeah. with with the peanuts uh, group uh, growing up that would be uh, actually i'd watch that well that's the thing i um you know, the episodes, the way I do the podcast, it's really usually just me um, sitting there for upwards of an hour and a half or a couple hours just talking about peanuts. And I wanted to figure out a way, how can I get the listeners involved and get some other voices in the show? Because uh, I don't I don't have a co-host. Uh, so I thought, well, the random strip of the month uh, segment would be a way to get people, you know, to be to get other people to be part of the show and get some other ideas, some other um, uh, points of view. Uh, on peanuts, so it's it's been fun. Mm-hmm. Have you heard a lot from fans um, of like a little bit maybe about fans of the show and stuff like that who have reached out to you? Uh, have you heard from a lot of those people? Um, I have a small but loyal following. Um, it, it, the one the people who really do reach out are clearly really really into peanuts. Um, I, I have one fan in particular, Saul. Hi, Saul, if you're listening. <laughs> um, he will, he will send me, he's done this a couple of times, he, he takes a peanut strip and he'll change some of the wording in there to, to make it, uh, to have the peanuts characters referencing my podcast. Uh, he took a little audio from the movie A Christmas Story and changed it a little bit so it, it mentioned the podcast. So uh, the fans that I have are, are like that. They're really, really into this and, uh, and, you know, and they want to let me know about it and I think that's really fun. That's awesome. I think, and I think probably uh, with anything like this, I mean, you know, I, I do some stuff on YouTube too and different things like that. But you have a lot of people who are interested in what you're doing before you have people that are interested enough to reach out. So I think just the fact that you have that small base probably, probably says that there's a lot of people out there who are ready for a Peanuts podcast. <laughs> right. Well, and I, I was, obviously, so uh, yeah. if, if someone had already been doing what I'm doing, I wouldn't have done it. I probably would just listen to their show. Uh, I'm happy to be in the position to be the one creating yeah. the show. Mm-hmm. And even until now, uh, you're not aware of any other any other Peanuts podcasts at all eh, that are strictly devoted? Well, uh, no, there is actually another one. Um, so what happened was I got the idea to do the podcast... I was working, my other show was actually pretty new still at that point, so I wanted to spend a little more time on that before I got this one going, the Peanuts podcast going, and in the time between idea and launching, uh, another podcast actually did appear, um, so I, I can't claim to be the only one, okay. uh, but there's another one, their, their, their take on it is a little bit different, uh, they're a little more irreverent maybe than my show, uh, it, and that's cool, yeah, I have no problem with that. Um, and, and I like that idea. I like the fact that maybe yeah. there's there's um, a, a movement going in this direction. So, so um, I'll, I'll toss in again. Why not? Uh, you know, so obviously, um, <clears throat> since October of 1950, Peanuts, you know, was was around. Um, what what would you say? I mean, like there are very few things in in my experience anyways that have have had such lasting power um what would you say is uh is the reason for that um hang on one second before you answer that bill i just want to jump in here and break the fourth wall for a second um ryan do you have a bulldog snoring by your microphone i wanted to ask that too actually are you serious ah 
That's hilarious. Okay, there no, is, she's, uh, I thought it was coming from someone else when I was hearing some background stuff. No, she's about 25 feet away from me, but uh, <laughs> let me um, let me kick her out. Can we get the dogs out? The snoring is getting picked up. Uh, so I was just saying... Uh, I was worried that maybe there was some intestinal problem. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was I was pointing out my my equipment is um, is for recording music, for singing and stuff. So sure. it's it's sensitive enough to hear a mouse fart, and uh, <laughs> so that's that's actually quite funny. Uh, Puggy, you gotta go. Bailey, get out. Tequila I, out. I Bailey out. I can edit it out easily enough because it'll only be on your Audacity track, but it's totally distract. Like I'm very aware of it while I'm talking. I only yeah. heard little bits of it here and there. I got my my headphones on, right? So my okay. apologies. I man, that's hilarious. Okay, no problem. Moving on. Okay, so yeah, the same power of peanuts. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the, so why why is peanuts so popular? Um, every time I do an interview, I ask people that. And I don't really have an answer. I, I think what it comes down to is the same answer that everybody else gives. Um, there is something for everybody in Peanuts. Maybe you like the comic strip. Maybe you like the TV specials. Maybe you're a fan of the movies. Uh, and then more specifically, um, if you spend enough time reading these characters and watching these characters, as I have now for the couple years I've been doing this show, you can see more and more of the personalities that they have. It's kind of obvious to begin with. Um, Peppermint Patty's the, the athlete, and Charlie Brown's the loser, and Linus is the uh, theologian of the group. But once you really get in there, you can really start to see little, little uh, more details of those personalities, and they become more like people. So it's relatable. Yeah, uh, and you, you identify... What's that? It's relatable. Yeah, well, yeah, basically, it's relatable. Everybody can see something that's of themselves in these characters, and you want to spend time with them, basically. Yeah, I think that comes back to something you uh, mentioned a couple times on your show, is that uh, Charles Schultz wasn't writing, he always said he didn't write for kids, right? These, these, that wasn't the point of it. Yeah. And I, because of that, those characters do have those little intricacies woven into them and stuff like that, and, and this nuance that I think lets you rediscover the Peanuts kind of over and over and over again. And I know that's, that's kind of true for me because you read them maybe as a child or you see the specials as a child and you understand one front of it. You understand that, uh, that a sight gag is funny and et cetera, et cetera. But then you begin to understand different levels of it as you continue to reabsorb those things as you grow up. I think that has a lot to do with it too, the layers of Peanuts. <laughs> Exactly. He, he he actually resisted the idea of, of making the characters for kids. As you know, time went on, and, and you know, merchandising being what it is, uh, companies wanted to to push the the uh, the merchandise and the TV shows and stuff more on kids. And he kind of Schultz kind of resisted that for a long time because that's not who he, he was writing for. Um, but of course, over time, what's happened is it's become accessible to everybody, which maybe is the best thing. Anyway, so it made the it definitely yeah it made the leap to to children to a more child oriented market mainly for the point of merchandising. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. You're you're cutting out a, a lot. You're back. Hello, are we back? Yes, I can hear you. Yeah, better. I just yeah, it, I got disconnected. Is it better now? Yeah, better now. All right, well that's okay. That's that's why I can edit, but it just kills our flow, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, that's the magic of editing. Okay, well now let's try to get this train back on the rails with any form of luck. Um, right. Yeah, uh, just discussing the relatability of peanuts. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, maybe a more more shallow question, but we've just discussed kind of the amount of time you've had you've put in recently uh, into peanuts and rewatching and analyzing those things. Uh, would you say who would you say is your favorite peanuts character? Uh, well, first I'd say I hate that question. Okay, <laughs> um, but. but but I ask it all the time when I interview people because it's an obvious question to ask. Well, yeah. Uh, and I've gone as as the series as the podcast has gone on, my answer has probably changed. Uh, like most people, when I started doing the podcast, I would have before I started doing the podcast, I would have said probably Snoopy or Charlie Brown. Those are the obvious. Uh, those are the characters people recognize right away. Um, most of the characters people recognize right away. Uh, over time, I've come to be a big fan of Marcy. Oh, okay. Um, Mar Marcy's a very quiet, very understated character, 
but she often has the best lines, and she often is um, maybe even more so than Linus, who is sort of the the the, the know-it-all and the theologian and everything of the group. Marcy sometimes is even better at stepping back and saying, uh, pointing out the crap that the other characters are doing, and uh, and kind of zeroing in on that. So so my vote is Marcy. So I would character. have to ask, I would have to ask then because that was actually upon. Uh, listening to, to some of the podcasts and even, like I say, growing up with, um, with Peanuts, um, you know, back in, back in the 50s, not so much the 50s as much as, as the early 60s and on, um, sort of gay rights was starting to build and build and build. Now, I've always had a, a suspicion that Marcy was gay. Do you think there's some undertones, some gay undertones for her character? Um, no, I guess I don't, not, not that there couldn't be, and that's cool if there is, um, but I, I don't, no, I, I don't necessarily see I it, just, I, I mean, I guess from my, um, from my perspective, yeah. it was, you know, that, yeah. um, you know, Pepper, I mean, she followed Peppermint Patty around, it was her, you know, she was her lackey, right. and, and you know, was was always right at her side, and Peppermint Patty being yep. um, very masculine in her character, but clearly uh, she she wanted uh, a, a little piece of Charlie Brown there. So, um, right, you know, it's it's that, that you know, just sort of that that quiet undertone. That's where I sort of thought maybe it was a bit of an introduction, and maybe he was a you know Schultz was even a, a pioneer. <laughs> In some of this stuff, right, without even realizing it, it it certainly could be um, in the in the strip and in the specials, especially. Marcy is very overtly throwing herself more or less at Charlie Brown, um, but I certainly see the the point of um, how close her and Pepper and Patty are. Um, so I think it's certainly possible. Nothing that I've read about Schultz and him talking about the character suggests. That that was his intention, but I've never never read anything that said it wasn't either. So, um, I, I think if uh, people want to look at the characters and see that inspiration in there, uh, that's cool. Yeah, absolutely. So, have you ever been asked that before? <laughs> no, I haven't actually. And but of course, everybody th- everybody thinks of Peppermint Patty first um, as sort of a gay icon, I guess. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess that's the character you would think of, um, but I, I don't know that's necessarily the case or not. Yeah. I, I guess that's my answer. Okay, okay. So. Uh, did you have any more, uh, Peanuts-related things on your end, Ryan? Um, no, I, I, I think that, that kind of covers a lot of it. I mean, really, again, like, I grew up with it, so it's, it's, I always got a kick out of it, and, and again, the, the holiday specials, I mean, that's. Uh, even at my age, even whether the kids are around, I, I'm still, you know, I'm still making sure I put on. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, so yeah, well, no, you pretty much uh, answered Ru- everything from from my perspective. Well, hey Ryan, you could subscribe to my podcast, and you would become a huge fan once again. Oh well, and and you know what, I uh, I have absolutely no <laughs> issues doing that because. Um, my girlfriend and I are actually new to the podcast world. As Paul mentioned at the beginning of the show, uh, we are on the Total Stick Network uh, with the Sex It Up podcast, um, where we where we where we're awesome. taking the taboo out of sex talk. Um, and so, you know, I'm just uh, yeah, we're just kind of getting into it and discovering all that is podcasting. You know, listening and 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 creating. That's awesome. So it's you know, it's been a lot of fun. But yeah, I'll definitely subscribe. Absolutely, I did listen to uh, a portion of one of your episodes. Uh, unfortunately, you know, kids and work yeah. and time and all kinds of crap. I don't get I don't get sure. a lot of that. Uh, you know, downtime. But um, but I definitely want to find stuff that when I do that that I'm going to have an interest in. And peanuts. I yeah, I've always enjoyed it. I've always enjoyed it. Awesome. I appreciate that. Um, so in the other podcast now, I was going to move past Peanuts a little bit because you have a whole bunch of things on the go. Um, so moving past Peanuts, <laughs> the other podcast that you have is the Atari Bytes podcast. 
Yeah, so I did start that podcast first, six or eight months probably before the Peanuts podcast. Um, I was pretty new to podcasts not all that long ago either, probably 2015 or so. I started listening uh, to podcasts, and I thought pretty quickly, for whatever reason, I thought, you know, I think I could do that. Um, I, I've always been a writer, books and plays and short stories and whatnot, and I was looking for another creative outlet. So I thought, well, maybe I'll try podcasting, and I kind of looked around, well, what do I want to do a podcast about? And around the same time, I had pulled out my old Atari games. Uh, I'm old enough where my first video game console was Atari uh, in the 70s and 80s, and I still have all the stuff. And I was showing it to my kids, and I thought, maybe I could do something with that. Um, But I didn't just want to do like a game review type show, because I'm not a huge gamer uh, in general, but I do write. So I thought, okay... These uh, old Atari games don't have much to them. Um, they're just uh, you know point and shoot at stuff. Maybe I could have some fun making up stories for what's go- you know quote unquote really going on in the games. So that's what I did, and I do that every week, uh, and it's it's fun. Have you have you have you thought about um, um, with the stories? I mean, and 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 I understand that you published a book. Um, have you thought about perhaps putting the yes. stories together as the Atari game, you know, um, backstory books? I mean, obviously that's a horrible title, but you know, um, something to that to that effect, anyways. <laughs> well, um, well, here maybe I'm breaking some news on uh, the Total Stick Cast. I am actually working on that as we oh, speak. Fantastic! Um, oh wow! That's what that's what so I did today. That's what I did today, so as a matter of fact. what you're saying is that uh, you and I are geniuses. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Well, yeah. mostly you, um, but <laughs> me a little bit. Uh, you know what? I'm not going to uh, argue that. So, yeah. Uh, so, so I am. Actually, uh, a friend of mine, another podcaster, several months ago said, it, it, for some reason it had never occurred to me, uh, but he said, you know, these, I like these stories that you do. You should put them in a book. And I don't know why, but it had never occurred to me that, yeah, I should do that. So I'm working on it. Uh, I don't know when it's going to come out, but um, probably sometime I, early next year. That's awesome. It'll be out. I think that's great because, so. I mean, you know, I think that there's there's definitely a uh, generation that, that grew up with the, the Ataris and stuff, right? And and, and it really was the, the, the pie, yeah. one of the pioneers in game systems. It, it absolutely was, right? Yeah. Um, I believe, uh, yeah, no, so yeah, no, absolutely. It, was, it, it absolutely was. So I think, I think there's definitely a following there, and and I think that uh, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, you definitely sell some books because so many times in today's games, there's backstories. Yeah, right. Every game has some sort of uh, video that says, "Hey, how we got to to today in this part of the game." You know, even even silly games, right. you know, like. I'm not using Mario as, but I mean things today that are that are sort of that genre, or you know, racing games. Well, they there's this big build up, or you know, as to where you are, you know. So yeah, no, I think that's awesome. Yeah, it's just a fun thing to do. Most of the stories I write, I, I'm aiming for the funny. Um, occasionally, I'll, I'll do something serious. Um, it's just a good time, um, and I think people can. You know whether you're a fan of Atari games or not, can get something out of the stories. Uh, at least that's what I'm shooting for. So, uh, yeah, it's been fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've taken in a few episodes of that. Now I can't say I've been nearly the loyal listener I have been for it's a podcast, Charlie Brown, because I've covered every episode of that now. But I've uh, I've definitely heard a few episodes of Atari Bytes, and I do enjoy that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, it's been fun. Um, no, sh- now uh, my other co-host, uh, my main co-host Shane, uh, had a question about that show. And now I think you kind of covered it a little bit in because you were talking about taking the games out and showing them to your kids and stuff like that. But he, now I, I'll just I'll just give it to you from his perspective though, so you can address it directly. <laughs> uh, he considered okay. the Intellivision to be a far superior system with better games. And he wanted to know why you chose Atari specifically compared to another maybe similar time period system like Intellivision that may have had better quality games. That obviously being his opinion. <laughs> now, now, you know, I actually heard the episode where he told you he wanted you to ask yes. that. So you would, you would think I would have thought about it. 
Um, uh, well, okay. Here's the thing. Yeah. On on my in my little corner of the room where I have all these old games, I have both. Actually, I have an Atari and an Intellivision. Oh. Um, when I was a kid, when I was a kid, and actually last uh, summer I did I devote the whole month of June to Intellivision games. Um, when I was a kid, uh, my dad actually what I have. You probably don't care about this, but there's the Intellivision, then there's the Sears version called the Sears Telegames. Oh, really? Which is basically Intellivision under a, diff- under a different name. When I was a kid, I don't know how old, seven or eight, I guess, whenever Atari came out, I really, really wanted an Atari because it was cool. Uh, but my dad said, my dad worked for Sears forever. What's that? Uh, when Atari came out. Oh. Yeah, okay. Well, so it wasn't originally, but... 1970, sorry, 1970. Yeah, so it, it wasn't when it came out, but it was a little bit later. You know, late 70s, probably. Early, yeah, probably late 70s. I really wanted an Atari. My dad said, no, we got this new thing coming out at Sears, where he worked forever. Um, Sears Telegames. Let's wait and get that, uh, which is basically just in television. So we did, and I liked it, and it was fine, but it wasn't Atari. Everybody had Atari. It was cool. Uh, so I really wanted an Atari, and that's where I spent most of my gaming time as a kid. Um, but I still have both. I still like both. As far as why I like Atari better, I don't know. I guess maybe it's just that childhood thing of that's what I really wanted. Um, the graphics and, and the, the quality of the games themselves, the programming of the games and whatnot, which I'm not an expert on. It's just what I can see on the screen. In television, probably wins. But as a kid, I really wanted the Atari for whatever reason. So my heart is with Atari, I guess, at this point. That's about the best answer I can give. Well, Fair I enough. just want to, well, and I want to pipe in here saying, uh, you know, just based on Shane's question, I mean, um, I'm, I'm 41, and I I'm, have... I'm, uh, I'm a little bit older than you. Okay, but I have actually never heard of Intellivision, to be honest. So... Oh. Yeah, so I mean, to okay. me, um, when 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 Shane and I know Shane's older than me as well, um, when you have a question like that, uh, you know, for some people, okay, maybe they they have a, a comparison between the two, but yeah, as as you know, like I say, it came out in '72, um, but to me, Atari, even though I was, you know, I think I I never had an Atari. I think I had a Commodore 64. Um, oh, there's which, another you one. were probably a Commodore 64 kid, yeah. Which which was you know um, would have been in the 80s, mid 80s that that uh, that I had that. Yep. Um, but uh, but yeah, so that would have been my first gaming system. But still, I knew about Atari. Like absolutely, I knew people that had Ataris. I played Atari, right? So, but in, t- in television, yep. no, I I never I've never in my life heard of that. So Atari for the win. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I can't give you statistics, but I think Atari also, when they were at their height in the early 80s, before the video game market crashed, they were pumping out games like crazy. So I imagine they kind of overwhelmed the market with Atari games, so people knew Atari way more than they knew in television, yeah. which is also maybe why it appealed to me. So, yeah. Okay, yeah, marketing probably has a lot to do with that. Like, I mean, you hear more in the retro sense of Atari nowadays than you do in television at all. So it lasted somehow yep. a lot more in people's minds. Something yep. else. Although, oh, go ahead. Sp- yeah. No, I was going to say, uh, supposedly next year sometime in television is coming out with a brand new console. Oh, no. Uh, with no new games <laughs> Which will and stuff. Fail. So, you know, what? Which will probably fail. Yeah. Right. And, I mean, I'm not, I, I'm not so. a negative guy, but, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, you've got... You've got Nintendo. You've got uh, you know you've got Microsoft doing their Xboxes and stuff, and and, and of Sony. course uh, Sony well. with their Playstations. And, and really, when it comes down to it, um, that's who's got the market. I mean, somebody trying to bring out. I, I don't know that you can bring out something new in that market and have people get on board. No, I mean it's not going to appeal to my kids, um, <laughs> but it's going to appeal to you know. Late '40s guys like me, who do podcasts about video games, so, those, um, so they're going to sell two of them. And there's, there, no, <laughs> seriously, man, there are tons of 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 middle-aged uh, guys like me doing these podcasts, yeah. uh, and they have scads of followers, and that's who 
that's who in television is marketing this to. Um, those guys. So they're they're, and, they're uh, marketing and, it to guys that have money that are established in life. Yeah. That used to play Atari. Yeah. But don't have time to play the crap anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't I mean, know. Like, I just I just look at the big picture, and I mean, I, I I would have loved to have been a fly on a wall of of that company uh, when they're going. So guys, let's compete. Let's bring back some <laughs> retro stuff here, <laughs> right? Because even retro even is... what is it? They've got this this uh, this Nintendo mini system out now. That well, I don't think Nintendo. Um, well, Nintendo must have sold some licensing for it to, to some extent, but um, the one that's the, got the preloaded, the 500 preloaded Nintendo games on it for like 50, 60 bucks right. or something, mm-hmm. right? I mean, yeah, you know, but that's still, that's that's Nintendo, right? And I mean, if a game is yeah. classic, you can you can always bank on making money on it, even with new generations, but trying to launch... Something completely new from, like, even if Atari tried to come right. out, like Atari tried to, uh, you know, re-release uh, Worm War One. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's not gonna, be, it's not gonna be a thing. They've got a new Atari's got a new console too, supposedly. Oh, um, there was a lot of there was a lot of news about it for a while, and then the news kind of died down, and and everyone who really watches this stuff kind of has the idea now that they're not actually going to do it but supposedly for a while they had a new one coming out too um same market you know the guys with money who played these games as a kid I just not not the kids today i just hate so, seeing yeah. i hate seeing something like atari that the, the name of it being sullied you know what i mean like yep. you're a retro gaming system you revolutionized yeah. and and brought us to where we are today with all of the guys that that designed the Nintendos and the and and the Xboxes and the PS4, I mean, they were the pioneers. Just take it for what what it yep. was. Buy your islands and uh, and drink margaritas. You know, <laughs> if you guys are all still alive. You know, I mean, yeah. If, if corporations can make a buck, they're going to make a buck. Well, yeah. absolutely. But so, I but right I say good luck to them with with trying to bring that back. Yeah. I just hope it doesn't I, it doesn't ruin yeah. the name. That's all. I think they will win that retro desire, that retro market and stuff like that because like not win it as and take it over, but they'll 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 get what they want out of it because there is so many of these callbacks going on with the um like like that Nintendo, like you said that stores the 50 60 or the hundreds of games or whatever and yeah. Sega did something similar, I think. So they'll they'll find the spot in the sun for a bit. Like I mean the guys that built fidget spinners, I don't think thought this was going to go on for 50 years or anything, but they accomplished what they wanted to. Pet rock Pet Rock, yeah, there you Pet go. Pet Rock, right? Guy made millions and millions of dollars after, off of go, uh, gluing googly eyes to a rock. So, yeah, so. you know, and I mean, yep. even, even I stand corrected because you've got Paul and I here, um, and and him and I have a difference of, of opinion in in what uh, a television or an Atari... Uh, reboot might look like, and and I say nay, he says yay. So hey, you know, I mean, I, maybe that's just, maybe well, no, but maybe that's just what the market is, right? You know. Yeah. Well, I think it'll accomplish what it wants sure. to. I mean, I don't think they stand a chance of coming back and competing on a large scale with Sony or anything like and that. I'm They're not, not even be playing saying in competing. television online, but mm-hmm. I'm not even right. saying competing, right? I, right? It's 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 it's. I mean, I guess. You know, and it's just the way my brain works. I, you know, um, I, I've been in business for a lot of years, uh, so I look at uh, marketing points, uh, value, cost. I mean, I don't ever put money into something that's going to last me two years, you know, um, sort of thing. And, and sure, but based on on their, um, you know, their R and D and and uh, and everything like that. I mean. If they pull, you know, hundred, you know, say a hundred million dollars out of the market for a hundred, you know, a ten million dollar investment, I guess it's a win, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And that's the only way it's going to be a win, I yeah, think. It's just absolutely. on that level, yeah. I think another good argument for um, Atari over in television as well, something else I wanted to mention, was that, um, like you had said, you think Atari uh, noticed that Atari released a whole bunch of games right at the end. 
Uh, and yeah, Atari, I checked out right. the numbers on this for the hell of it. And Atari, for the 2600, they released 565 games. And television released 133. So for the longevity of a program, if nothing else. <laughs> and, and that's just the games that like Atari itself released. And then you have uh, Activision and iMagic and, and all the other companies that make games for the system too. So uh, yeah. There, there's uh, who knows how many games out there. Yeah, I just thought, sorry, for that, though. I have the most random thoughts in the world, and um, <laughs> so I just, I think I might actually, I don't even know if I want to say anything, because I, I should contact Atari if um, if they decide to, to release something new. Um, I don't know if I want to, you know, if I want to even say something on this show. Well, actually, I mean, I guess it could be a copyright thing, and I don't think anybody in Atari is going to be listening to this show, but I've got the perfect slogan for a new Atari system. Oh, dear God. Atari. Okay, so here it is. Atari. The Viagra of retro gaming. They sh- well, it's certainly aimed at the yes! right market. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Do, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Well, you know, if uh, Atari's listening, uh, they, you, you may you have heard it here there. first. You heard it here first on the Total Stick <laughs> podcast. Yep. <laughs> if you just collect uh, 20, 20 lids from your prescription bottles and send them in, you get a free Atari. <laughs> and Atari, if you are listening, I will be expecting a check in the mail. <laughs> it's on the internet. It's not going nowhere now. <laughs> That's right. It's out there. Oh, wow. <laughs> Uh, I, I guess something worth touching on since we're talking about the Atari podcast. There's, okay, first of all, there's definitely something yeah. just wonderfully, playfully random about the whole show that I love. Because it can veer off in any which direction, because you're dealing with a time period, a certain uh, like social attitude, everything, when you're looking at the Atari. So, I mean, yep. I, it, that's great. But one of the probably most random things in the world is that you start with your check-in on Mad Mike Hughes. <laughs> <laughs> Mad Mike, yeah. Like, why? <laughs> um, so here's the thing. I, I think I mentioned this earlier. I'm not a huge gamer. I, I, I'm not a computer programmer. I listen to other game podcasts, and they can spend hours talking about the history of games and how you program a game. I don't have any of that. So I just talk about whatever interests me. And one of the things I do at the top of the show is, is there anything going on in the news right now that's interesting to me? And, and I'll try to gear it towards an, a retro theme, because that's kind of what the show is. But once in a while, I come across a guy like Mike Hughes. And all it was was one week I saw a story uh, on the internet that said this guy was trying to build his own rocket and launch himself into the, the atmosphere you know, just high enough that he could take a picture of the Earth uh, to prove that it's flat. The flat earther thing fascinates me anyway, I guess. And I thought, well, it's kind of funny. So I mentioned it one week on the show, and I thought, oh, uh, okay, that was fun. I, I mentioned that. But in the article, there was something about how the, the launch was coming up. So he hadn't actually done it yet. So I decided, okay, well, the next week I'll check in and see, has he done it yet? And then I, no, he hadn't done it yet. So then I checked the week after that, and I don't know how many weeks went by that I kept doing this, and he, he, he made the launch, but he failed, and it amused me. Um, so I just kept going. He, was, he had a GoFundMe account. He, uh, he was running for governor. Uh, he's been doing all this stuff, and it became a bit on the show that has absolutely nothing to do with the 80s or video games or anything other than it amuses me. So I did that, and one day I asked this guy, hey, can you write me a theme song for this? And, and he did. Um, so I thought, oh, I've got a bit now, and I can't stop doing it because I've got a song and everything. So I don't know how long this thing's going to go, but uh, but I'm having fun with it for now. <laughs> yeah. Hello? Hello, can you still hear me? Hello. Hello. Are we still there? Okay, perfect. Yeah, you cut out a lot doing that, but I got a good idea of it. Yeah, go ahead, though. It was a it was an incredibly eloquent answer about how 
uh, how I've come up with this awesome comedy bit where I talk about this guy out in uh, California named Mad Mike Hughes. So uh, that's what you missed. Yeah, okay, perfect, perfect. Well, I have some idea of what you said, obviously, knowing the, knowing the story as well, but it's okay because our listeners will still get to enjoy it. Because when I edit this, the clean, the, that copy will be That's clean. Right. So, <laughs> yes. Yes, it will. Well, now that we yes. can hear you, a, hear you a little better again, God, technology is just wonderful. Um, let's um, yes, move indeed. maybe to something a little more timely during this period of the year. And that's your Christmas book, In the Saint Nick of Time. Before we move on to that, sorry yep. to interrupt here, but I do have to ask. Yes, sir. What, what do you believe? Is, is it a round earth? What, about the is flat earth? The flat earth. And I actually, I saw something on Facebook the other day that says now we're a donut earth. Yes. A, a, a donut like with a hole uh, in the middle? Yes. Actually, I've seen that, I think. Yeah. 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 Um, I, th- I think it's a, a, the earth is a, a triangle, perhaps, or a parallelogram, maybe. That's fair. Um, I could I could, test, no, I could get behind that before the bladder thing. <laughs> it's a it's a globe. It's a big round ball. Um, it, it, it's uh, I think we lost it, you know again. the dragons at the edge of the earth. Hello. 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 Ah, there you are. Oh my gosh. Hello. Your, are we there? Your internet does not like you, does it? No, this is hello? Uh, this is I terrible. Heard the hello. I apologize. Hello, can you hear me now? Can you not hear me? I can hear you. Okay, I'm back. Yeah, I think. Hi, you got yeah you're you. back. You sound better than previous okay. returns. Yeah. Wow. All right. What, do you have any idea what's happening, or is it just your internet just being a brat? Um, we have days where the internet just kind of goes in and out for no apparent reason, and unfortunately this seems to be one of those days, so, uh, okay. I apologize for that. Ah, it's all good, it's all good. He asked me about the flat earth. Yeah, so I'm... Oh, that was it. Yeah, I'm assuming you answered it, in, in yeah. at least on your side, and, uh, so, um, you know, we don't have a six-hour podcast, I, you know, so, I mean, yeah, Paul, feel free, move on. Okay, sure. We might have a no, six-hour podcast at this rate. <laughs> we're, we're headed that way, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, yeah, no no, doubt. I hope it's not like our three-hour podcast, Paul, because that was rough. Yeah. Okay, I want to get <laughs> us into the St. Nick of Time, and then we can all move past this chilling internet experience. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> so, in the, in the St. Nick of Time, before, I, before you lose me again... Um, in yeah. the Saint Nick of Time is a book I wrote actually ten years ago. Um, it, it's kind of it's kind of like the uh, Peanuts podcast in the sense that I thought I wonder if anybody's written a, uh, a story that features Santa Claus, but the story's for adults. And the answer to that, as far as I can tell, is no. So I thought, well, I'm going to do that. So I did, and I wrote a book called In the Saint Nick of Time. The story it focuses on three guys. One of them is Santa Claus. He's quit his job. He's sick of being Santa. Uh, so he quits. He ends up in a town called Santa Claus, Indiana, which actually is a real place. Uh, he meets there uh, a guy named Cameron Jones, who is a, a novelist. He's a famous author. And he is kind of, he's feeling kind of burned out, too. He's, ha- he's fighting with his ex-wife. He has writer's block. He has started talking to an imaginary goldfish. Uh, he's got all sorts of problems. His buddy, Dogwater Hunt, uh, is a conspiracy theorist, uh, and he believes he has been abducted by aliens multiple times. Uh, he also thinks that aliens are going to visit Earth again on Christmas Eve, and the book takes place basically during the month of December. Um, so it's just basically the story of these three guys coming together, uh, and of course it wouldn't be a Christmas story without trying to save Christmas as we know it, because uh, that's what every Christmas story is. Um and it just follows these three guys through this month of December. Uh, and, you know, it explores you know, what Santa Claus might be like in a real-life uh, uh, adult story. Uh, at one point, I think I referred to him as a motherfucker. Um, <laughs> oh, my virgin ears! And, uh, <laughs> and uh, you told me you host a sex podcast. I think you've probably heard uh, a few terms yeah. from uh, hey, now hey, and again. Don't throw that so, in my face. 
so you know it's partly it's partly a sort of a standard Christmassy type story. It's an exploration of this friendship between these three guys. Um, but it is, you know, and I stress this every time I talk about it, it it's got Santa in it, but it really is not for the kids. Um, it, it was just fun to do, just a little experiment. And uh, I have every year about this time, I drag it out and I make people listen to me talk about it. And, uh, you know, it's just kind of fun. Now, is it a um, yeah. disrespectful question to ask how many copies you sold? I actually don't know uh, over the 10 years. I can't give you an exact number. Uh, it's a, I, it's a, an independently published work. Uh, I sell a few copies around the holidays, but it has never, it, it has never been on a bestseller list. I can put it that way. Well, I saw, actually, I, I, and I had to, I'm not a laugh at your expense, of course, but I, I had to, I had to laugh that, uh, on, on your Amazon listing, or the Amazon listing anyways, that, um, that it said, uh, the bestseller, um, rating uh you were just short of eight million and i mean I, yeah and I, you know it's hey i'm moving up <laughs> see and and again it's not a laughing expense i just kind of had to laugh at, 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 at that that amazon no, I, I get it. something like yeah. that and 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 to be realistic about it um for for the listeners thinking oh my god eight million uh he's on the eight million list i mean i you know, I mean, there is probably millions upon millions of books published every year. So yeah, the fact that yeah, that that this book are. was and, and published this, this one's yeah, been out, for, yeah. for for so long, uh, you know, and 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 still yeah. on. I mean, it, you said ten years ago, I believe, or so. It's it's been yeah, a decade so since this in, came in out. Ten yeah. years, how many books have been published? And if you're still in in under eight million uh, on on the bestseller list. I think that's got that's. I mean, that's a feat in itself. Yeah, yeah it, you know, if if we want to talk uh, uh, process, publishing process, when this came out, uh, social media was around, but it wasn't quite the thing that MySpace. it is now, and neither were eBooks. MySpace, yeah, exactly. So it was it was right before, and looking back on it, I realized, oh man, I was within a year or two of when social media and eBooks really became a thing. And had I come out then, uh, maybe I'd be at, I don't know, seven million. So <laughs> seven yeah. seven million eight hundred thousand two hundred and one. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. But it would have it it would have gotten a little more exposure, and maybe it'd be more of a recognized but, you thing. You know, now. at the end of the day, so, uh, you um, you wrote it, um, and and you enjoyed it, and I'm I'm assuming that. Uh, the people yeah. that have read it. I mean, you, you've only got four reviews on there, but you got five stars. Um, yep. You know, I, I'm kind of curious what you paid for that. But no, um, all jokes aside, <laughs> all jokes aside, I mean, if, yeah, that, that's uh, if, if, those are, <laughs> yeah. if those are legitimate reviews, then, then I mean, uh, you know, yeah. and, and I mean, even today, I, I do a lot of online shopping, and I'll be honest, I don't do a lot of reviews unless it's crappy. Um, so I'm one of the, I'm one yeah. of, I'm one of the bad online guys. Um, uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. So no, that's, that's it. I think, I think that at the end of the day, I mean, I've, I've tried my hand at, uh, at writing a few times and, uh, I just, I don't have the attention span. The imagination's there, uh, uh, and the grammar and the spelling and, the storyline and the <laughs> idea, but other than that, I am completely yep. capable of I, writing a bestseller. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, you know, I wrote a, I wrote a book about Santa Claus for adults. I knew it wasn't going to be. It was only going to appeal to a, a relatively small group of people. But I've got a I've got a dude who tells me every year he reads he rereads this book. Um, you know, and it, so I hear little things like that, and it's like, okay, I didn't sell a whole lot of copies, but. I made a few people really happy, um, with you know, with the, their decision to buy it, and and that's and pretty that, cool. Well, that's important. So, I mean, especially uh, when it's holiday yeah, based, exactly. right? Uh, people buying the book around the holidays, and um, yeah. and and you know, holidays are such a depressing time of year. So, putting a smile even on one person's exactly. face, um, I mean, then then you're doing you're right. doing good work. Yeah, yeah. no, that's very that's good. how I look at it. So. Mm. 
No, yep. I mean, anybody, yep. we've had other uh, indie authors on this show before, and I am as well, and I'm in a few groups uh, and discuss yeah. with a lot of people like that. And that's one of the hardest things, really, um, coming back to what Ryan said, you know, I only leave a review if I don't like something. That is one of the biggest struggles uh, for people who are independently published is getting people on there to leave those reviews, yep. getting people to engage, getting people to share it. It's the biggest struggle because that's why it costs so much money yep. to get a book, something like Twilight or something that we all know of, to put something like that into people's knowledge and implant that into the world in that way costs hundreds of millions of dollars to accomplish when you're just out there trying to say, hey, look at my little book. Yeah. <laughs> it's really, really hard to get any attention. Exactly. I still bet that uh, Bill's book is, yeah, it absolutely um, is. Is, is a better love story than Twilight. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll give you that. There, there, there are less... There are less vampires in my book. I'll give you that. More vampires. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. In in the Saint Nick of Time and vampires. Yeah. Yeah. Seth receives the the vampire coven. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I'm writing these notes down, uh, so you'll probably see this in in the next year or so. Yeah. No doubt. <laughs> From him and Atari. You can get. Yeah, you can I'll also a... take this take this moment to remind Atari that uh, <laughs> and Viagra that I uh, will be expecting some compensation in large numbers. Yeah, I'm I'm glad we could all help out your retirement fund. Yeah. Uh, hey, I'm, you know, I'm happy shameless. to do that for you. So I run a sex <laughs> podcast again. We'll bring that up. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think even though Ryan just <laughs> recently described Christmas as being such a depressing time, um, I, me and Ryan, I'm pretty sure this is something we, we're both Christmas freaks, relatively speaking. Like, I mean, so is that something that factored okay. into you wanting to see a Christmas book for adults? Like, do you have your decorations up in September? or like? um, No, it, well, it's kind of funny because I was actually telling the kids today, no, we don't, we're not going to listen to Christmas music. <laughs> Because <laughs> um, they wanted to turn on the Christmas music, and I said, "No, it's it's not even Thanksgiving yet." Having said that, uh, I mean I like Christmas, and, and you know I like the holiday tunes and the, and the decorations and all that. Although as I've gotten older and become the dad, and the one who has to put all all that crap away, you know <laughs> January second, uh, I've maybe gotten a little bit more uh, uh, curmudgeonly about it. Um, but no, you know I like so the holidays just fine. You're from and, uh, the States, this, obviously. Yeah. I, I, uh, yeah, I am. I guess so I live in the uh, news in the to States. me, and um, oh, <laughs> um, I'm sitting there thinking, no, Thanksgiving's well over. What's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, I guess I should have made that clear. Yeah, I'm in the states. Uh, for for me, Thanksgiving's coming up in a couple weeks. So uh, I've got yeah. uh, my my so, brother know, lives good in in the U.S. Uh, him and his family, and um, I was talking to his wife. The um, actually, I think. Yeah, just after Canadian Thanksgiving, which nobody ever seems to recognize. Um, it is a thing, people. Um, ha- happy belated well, thank uh, you, Canadian and Thanksgiving. Happy early <laughs> How about that? Um, U.S. Yeah, Thanksgiving, um, you heathens. Well, thank um, you, sir. But, uh, <laughs> so I was talking to, to, to my sister-in-law, and, um, and, and so I said, you know, do you, do you guys celebrate both just because you're canadian she goes no we just do the one <laughs> i'm like hey well i'm not coming to your house then <laughs> right yeah exactly. i mean i want i want a big ass meal well, that's fair you know twice in six weeks because <laughs> i mean you know myself yeah. being homeless i i only get that maybe once every, <laughs> every year at the soup kitchen and it's it's soup so um <laughs> You got to store it yeah. up. Yeah. Yes. You, you Fill up your store pocket. those calories. So I, I mean, I'm bed. just, I'm just shamelessly trying to find, <laughs> find uh, somebody that that celebrates Thanksgiving twice, so that I can befriend them. I, yeah. <clears throat> I Sounds so. legit. Yeah. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, well, that's all the specific topics I kind of wanted to delve into, and I'm afraid of losing you again. Um, but in the Saint Nick of Time, that's the only um, that's the only book you've published, correct? It is, uh, and I'll, I guess I'll just mention people can order it wherever they like to order books, and please do because I have to buy presents for my kids. So, <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so yes, it's the only book that I have published. Do you, do you have aside aside from the Atari one that 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 might be coming out there? What uh, do do you have a project on the go? I always have projects on the go. There's always uh, an idea for a play. I, I've I've had some small plays, short plays produced locally too. So I've spent some of my creative time doing that. Um, I always have an idea for a play or a book or uh, you know a, a draft of something going all the time. Uh, I may independently publish another one again. The the Atari book will probably be, I'm sure, will be an independently published thing. Uh, at some point, maybe I'll do sort of a, a mainstream, traditionally published book. Um, I just I'm always creating stuff, and That's it's awesome. what I like to so do. So, could we ask so. what, what do you do for a living? Oh. I'm a lawyer. I always hesitate answering that, <laughs> uh, but but it's it's the truth because I never quite know what the reaction is going to be. But uh, but yeah, that's what I do uh, in my daytime. I think I think you know that's that really goes to show um, as a lawyer. I mean, I I was uh, I took my LSATs. I don't know if it's the same. Do you guys have the same thing in the U.S.? Okay, so yeah, I took my yeah, LSATs, LSATs. Uh, sure. shit, 20, yep. 20 years ago, um, and and sadly I did very 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 well. Um, and, um, uh, you know, and just didn't have the means in which to, to pursue that. But, um, uh, I think, I think, it, it, I think a lot more lawyers that, you know, they could be writers because you have to have a lot of imagination to be a lawyer. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, yeah it's absolutely true. true. You have to, you have to be able to think about a lot of things at once and, and sort of think outside the box in a lot of ways and, and research different things. And, and that's what a good author does as well. Right. So. It only, it, it, I think they go hand in hand. And there are a lot of lawyers who write. I always looked at myself as a writer who went to law school. I, I kind of reversed it the other way, which is why uh, I, I make sure to make the time to do the creative stuff. Because what I do during the day is pretty dry most of the time. Uh, it's important stuff to do, but but it, it, I, I need to, to expend that creative energy, which is why I well, always have good, projects I would imagine, going. too, with, with so, that line of work yeah. as well, it, it's, uh, it's quite taxing on your soul. Um, you know, just, uh, you know, and I'm not saying that in a bad way. I mean, I used sure. to, Paul and I actually, I used to be Paul's boss. Um, and right. that's how him and I know each other at, uh, at a pawn shop, you know, yeah. where you're, you're dealing with a lot of, um, sort of okay. really negative situations. Right. And it, it does, it mm-hmm. sucks the soul out of yep. So, um, so, so you, you have to, you have to, yeah, absolutely. so good on you anyway. So. Writer, writer, yep. lawyer, podcaster. Thank you. Man of many talents, parent. All right. Yeah. Doesn't yeah. doesn't duct tape his yeah. children to chairs yeah. while he yeah. podcasts, unlike myself. So, yeah. But you would also probably have some level of understanding of the legal ramifications behind that. So that's probably why you don't do it. Uh, to be fair. Yeah. 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 There you go. So. I suppose we'll, I, yeah. I suppose we'll put a disclaimer here and say, you know, for anyone listening, I didn't really duct tape anybody to anything. I can't speak for Ryan. I don't know, but for me, yeah, I didn't actually duct tape Ryan anybody. Yeah, my name is Ryan Johansson. I live so. in Finland. <laughs> I have the blonde hair and I climb mountains. Yeah, that's uh, shit. Was that even a Finland accent? I'm not even sure. <laughs> Never been to Finland. Wasn't anyway. that voice Swedish? Uh, well, whatever. <laughs> I feel like Why are you judging me? Why are you judging me? That's that's hurtful. Sensitive. <laughs> I'm gonna accent shame you <laughs> to the bitter end. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. I... <laughs> okay. Oh yeah, no. Uh, I was gonna say okay, awesome. Well, then, in the spirit of not losing you again, because we have, I don't think the <laughs> listeners are gonna understand quite how many technical difficulties we've battled throughout this process. Well. <laughs> When this is done, I imagine they'll they'll hear about five minutes of content. Yeah. So, uh, once we cut out all the all the uh, breaks, uh, so they may understand why. Wow, this interview is only five minutes long. Yeah, no. And that's why because uh, hey, but that's not we a bad, cut all, that's all not the other stuff. Yeah. That is a great podcast for people with ADD. There we go. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. There'll be my introduction, yeah. and then the fact that you believe in a triangle-shaped Earth, and that'll be it. Do, what? <laughs> just, and that that'll be the, the headline right there. Don't forget yeah. that. I think that's important. People need to know about the donut shaped earth. The police are all over that. Oh, yeah. We got to get the news yeah, out we there. Get it out there. We have social media <laughs> wow. now. We have the technology. That's right. Just sadly, <laughs> you can get anything out there. That's just yep. the problem. 
Yes, you can. Um, so I'd like to give you this opportunity now, uh, Bill, to go ahead and do a little bit of uh, focused, selfless uh, promotion there. If you want to talk about getting people getting their hands on the Saint Nick of Time and where they can find your podcast, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, you have the floor. Uh, well, thank you. Uh, in the Saint Nick of Time uh, is available to order wherever you like to order your books. Uh, if you're against Amazon, don't worry. You can order it pretty much anywhere else. Uh, and please do that this time of year or any time of year that you like. Um, the podcast, one of them, it's a podcast, Charlie Brown, uh, is available on all the usual podcatchers. Uh, the website is charliebrownpodcast.lipson.com, uh, um, and that comes out monthly on the 15th. My other show is Atari Bytes, uh, ataribytes.lipson.com, uh, and that's a weekly show that usually, well, usually, always comes out on Sundays, and I invite everybody to listen to those. And uh, when I have news about new books... I will be putting them all all the social medias. Uh, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter, uh, at Atari Bytes and at It's a Pod CB on Twitter. Um, and yeah, maybe I'll even let Paul and the guys know uh, when I have a book coming out too. Uh, that's okay. awesome. Awesome. Maybe we can have you around again. Paul. Maybe. I have to ask. That you know what? What's yes. that thing? We didn't do you. You didn't do that tonight. There, where I mean, I mean, he's 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 plugging himself, but I think it's only fair that he gets to plug that other thing. You know, some of us. What'd you call it? A a shin, a, a shifu. What? A oh, shill life. What What did you want me to plug? Shill life. Yeah, I. Yeah, guess. you gotta make yeah, that okay. happen. So we j- okay. Sure, why not? We offer that on a come-and-go basis to guests. Yeah, definitely. So if you want, you can take... This is something that was created by Shane. And uh, if you'd like, you can take okay. this moment. It's called Shill Life. And if there's a product that you really like that isn't related to you, um, <laughs> that is maybe the okay. equipment you use to record, something that you think people should know about, yeah, that's what this is about. So is there something, a product... I know we've totally put you product. on the spot. But a product or service that you'd like to okay. promote? Product, service, restaurants... Um, escort service, Product, service, um, restaurant, female <laughs> activity. Something you love enough to give free. My wife might be oh, listening. Geez, so okay. careful. Um. Oh yeah, he's on um, the spot now. Let's see. Like what a restaurant you love. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, you can't do Atari because you already you already um, plugged them. Yeah. Well, let's see. Uh, it's real local. Uh, I like Rudy's tacos. They're pretty good. Uh, so if you're in the uh, Quad Cities area, that's where I live. Uh, check out Rudy's; they're good. Um, yeah, no, that's um, awesome. I did tacos too. I did Taco Bell. I'm trying to think. Uh, well, there you go. Uh, not uh, maybe not as good, but <laughs> but they're good too. Um, I tried to think. Uh, no offense to Taco Bell if you're listening. Uh, boy, you know, as far as sort of the international flavor. Uh, I can't. I'm. I'm. I'm stumped. I'm sorry. Okay, I, no, I that's fine. I like the local one. That's kind of cool too. Maybe there's somebody good. passing through there, listening, yeah. and listening to podcasts while they drive through. Maybe, but, and then they're like, "What in the world? Let's stop there." Maybe. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, everybody else is thinking, "Who cares about Rudy's?" But, uh, but yeah, you never know. There might be someone nearby who's well, listening and, that, and that Rudy knows about it. Sure. Is also a famous movie. So I mean, <laughs> watch the movie while eating Rudy's tacos. And it's a it's a classic. It's a classic. So. Yeah. Sure. And I'm I'm a fan of Rudy the movie. So yeah, I'll 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 pr- plug them. Go watch Rudy. Get some tacos. Um, maybe when the I movie's think over, that, you read that my is book. a great evening. That's that a full a evening right there. Evening. And you do it all while smoking <laughs> meth. Yes. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Again, that was Ryan. That 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 was not yeah. me. So, yeah. Your book sales spike suspiciously. <laughs> <laughs> I live in the mountains with my goat. <laughs> oh, I'm actually starting to think it's more Austrian. Because right. I'm kind of starting to feel like, okay, okay. Starting to feel like I sound a little I, I bit was, like Adi. I'll be back, you know. I. I think I that's. Ge- go ahead. Yeah, I, I was getting I Austrian, Austrian, actually. Man. Yeah, I live in Austria. Okay, I like to lift yeah. heavy things and duct tape my children to things <laughs> and do meth, methamphetamines on my time off. <laughs> Pump you up 
Yeah, we're good. I'm done. And we will no longer have Austrian <laughs> listeners for this show. Or Ryan on the show, maybe. I could be a thing. Or yeah, Ryan. It could just be a Ryan thing. Okay, awesome. <laughs> well, I think it's time yeah. to get us out of here. Yeah. I think we've been uh, doing this for long enough. Right. I think it's time to get out of here. Well, there's one more thing I need to tell you about, Bill, because every person we have on the show, we Everyone. subject them to this. Um, every When we leave, okay. and... I'll explain this to you first to to fight the leg and stuff so that when it's time to go, you actually are ready. So don't worry when I do it. But we end every episode, regardless how awkward it is, with the guest. And we end every episode with a bye that lasts eternally. All right? Okay. Okay. So, so, so I, I, I'm supposed to do All the bye thing? Yeah. Is that yes, what you're saying? Exactly. You're supposed to join us. We're okay. going to be a heavenly chorus of voices. <laughs> okay. So when okay, are we ready, ready? Paul? Okay. Bye. Bye. (laughs) There we go. Perfect. Oh, dear God. And that is a show. Thank you for joining us on the Total Stick Cast. Connect with us online through Twitter and Facebook at Total Stick Show. And you can watch the things we make on YouTube by heading to YouTube.com and searching for Total Stick Show. Or you can also find our content on Newgrounds.com by going to TotalStickShow.Newgrounds.com. The Total Stick Cast is available on Google Play as well as iTunes, and your reviews will help other people find us and help us grow. Please take a moment to let us know what you think. The Total Stick Cast is hosted by Paul Johnson and Shane Hookford. You can connect with Paul Johnson directly on Twitter at OffTheLP or at EverythingPaul.net. That's EverythingPaul.net. Connect with Shane Hooper on Twitter at Shane Hooper. You can also reach us by email at totalstickshow at gmail.com. This has been the Total Stick Cast. Thank you for making us part of your day. TFS Total Stick Podcast Network.